What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Brew Jackets. We have an exciting one for you this week. Uh, as always, my name is Lance at Hefty Duck on Twitter, and with me, uh, as always, is my wonderful co-host Kevin Valentine. And Valentin, and it's been uh, a crazy week. I mean, yeah, Blue Jackets aren't playing right now in the playoffs, but that doesn't mean there's not some news around them. But then also um, some of their players and former players too. But before we get to that, I wasn't able to talk to you a whole lot beforehand. Uh, how are you doing today, Kev? You know, Happy Duck, it's always good to be with you and do another episode of Brew Jackets, another fun podcast. Always great to be with Hefty Duck, who is the greatest duck of all time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm doing, doing pretty good hanging out with family and friends. And this past Sunday, my brother brought his dog Cooper, Cooper over. So that was great. Great seeing him and my brother and so much more. You know, a lot of fun stuff. And, you know, uh, one day closer to the Blue Jackets coming back. So, yeah. One day. <laughs> and one day closer to the draft lottery. This is in yeah. five days. If anyone wasn't aware, it's five days, and we're going to find out something cool about next season. So um, we'll talk a bit about that, maybe. That's like a tiny bit. I mean, we've already talked about last episode, and uh, we're really going to continue the, um, you know, who's making the team next year um, discussion that we started last week. But before we get to any of that, I have something cool for this week, as we are the Brew Jackets. I like to do occasionally a brew review, and tonight I have an Angry Orchard peach mango hard fruit cider now i'm not much of like a fruity drink kind of guy um i like the you know i like i like my ciders kind of dry and less sweet but i have to say it's pretty good it's pretty decent it's a. Uh, I think it's more when it starts out i think it's more peach but then by the end of it it's more mango so um they're okay i feel like fruity drinks definitely trying it out that's a good one. That's one I'm going to be sipping on here while we talk about some interesting things. Um, I tried first, one. Of the, I tried one of the well, not that particular one that you have, but I did yeah. a uh, Red's Apple Hard Cider years ago, and it just wasn't for me. I feel it. Red's is. Eh, I I it, given the choice between the two bigger cider companies, you know, Red's or Angry Orchard. I go Angry Orchard, but. Um, um, was it uh, maybe it was an angry orchard one of those two point being i tried the hard apple cider years ago and <laughs> it wasn't for me but anyway. hey man it's not for everybody I totally, <laughs> I, I totally get it for sure there's a lot of ones i won't even go near anymore um so that's my brew review uh, i just want to mention some quick things before we get into our main discussion here um the one and only wonderful Oliver Bjorkstrand showing up huge for the Kraken. And why I mentioned Bjorkstrand is because obviously he was, you know, one of the big moves from this last season, you know, preseason when we got Johnny Gaudreau and had to clear up some cap space. And this dude has, uh, I'm sorry, he has five points so far. He has three goals, two assists. And he was the only two goals in game seven against Colorado. To, uh, to win that one, right? Yeah, because uh, Yannick Gord got the game-winning goal last night. I was pretty uh, impressive by them. Um, so there's someone to keep an eye on. I'm still a huge Oliver Bjorkstrand fan. He didn't leave here with any negative press, anything negative about him. Uh, I will probably always be a supporter of him. He's. I, I'm glad that he was able to 
to to find a place where he can shine more too because you know given yeah we blue jackets didn't do good this year but with having other stars in the team such as line Gaudreau, um you know marchenko coming up uh um i'm sorry yeah marchenko coming up and and johnson bjorkstrand was able to find a place where he was able to go and and be like a shining star of sorts like he's maybe not their top star i mean they got you know they go with maddie maddie veneers and Shane Wright and everything, but he's very much proven himself in these right. games, yeah. and that's, I love to see it. Like yeah, to see it. and that's an and see that's something that I often think about too is that in some hypothetical scenario where Oliver Bjorkstrand is still up, which you know, okay, with the with, up with the Blue Jackets, you know, okay, that would have been fine. It would have been good for the Blue Jackets. He would have helped him out, good player and everything. But then we don't. But then, but then, you're. You, I would just assume that you're keeping Kirill Marchenko down in the minors because he's a first line, second line guy, and that's where he should be playing. And if he Bjorkstrand is there, you're not putting Marchenko first line, second line there. You're putting third line, fourth minutes. Similar thing with Kent Johnson. And at that point, you're just kind of wasting them. And it would have been better to be in Cleveland. So I get it. Yeah. People don't like it that Bjorkstrand got traded, but it had to be done. Because that, you know, when you sign Line A to a deal, Erica Branson to a deal, Johnny Gaudreau to a deal, Andrew Peake to a deal, you know, and a, yeah. whole bunch of, and a whole bunch of other guys, that money has to come from somewhere. And, you know, that meant Bjorkstrand had to go. But also it had to be that way because that was the, the best of the worst option because if it, people, oh, trade Nyquist, trade Mordrake, trade this or that. Well, the reporting among many people, Aaron Portsline and many people in the national hockey media was for that type of move to happen, there would have been like first round draft pick and a prospect and the Blue Jackets were not doing that. So it had to be Bjorkstrand and like I said, even if he was up here, you're basic, you know. We, we wouldn't have got to see the positive development have. of Marchenko, Kent, Kent Johnson, and so much more. Who I think, personally, Marchenko is kind of becoming a fan favorite now, too. I love his oh, personality. I know tons of other people do, too, and for good reason. He's yeah. lovable. He's hilarious. He's, you know, I think about, he'd be a great player to have on my team. You know? you know, in part, and it's not, again, he's from Russia, and it's not his fault that English isn't the greatest. So that but, can't really fault him for that. But I think, in my opinion, because he doesn't, because of his broken English, that's what I think makes him so more cute and wholesome. Yes, it makes him more adorable. Absolutely, absolutely. And and let, and you mentioned, oh, he's already becoming a fan favorite. Pay if you've paid attention this past season. Look at the Blue Jackets social media. They are yeah. marketing Krill Marchenko like crazy. You know, in this past Monday, they they just posted a video of Krill Marchenko. Oh, you got this, basically, with his you know cute, wholesome, broken English. So it's like, yeah. Oh um, yeah, I I, uh, I retweeted that. I said I was playing on repeat my whole day at work. I, you know, right. You and then, you know, and, and it's not necessarily surprising that Bjorkstrand is doing good in the playoffs because he showed that with the Monsters in the Calder Cup, including getting the game-winning goal in overtime to help the Monsters win the Calder Cup. And then with the Blue Jackets, he showed it not just in the regular season but also in the playoffs where he was good. He did it. His most probably, you know, he had a couple big goals that helped beat the Lightning in that series. His biggest one was the one in Game Four, 
he's wide open and just jams, kind of just jams it in there and then jumps into the boards and everyone's celebrating. Blah, blah. Following year in the playoffs, he scores some big goals there as well. So it's not necessarily surprising to see that he's still doing good in the playoffs because he's shown a history of doing that with the Blue Jackets. Yeah. So, uh, you know, good luck to him the rest of the playoffs here. Their next game is tomorrow evening. That'll be uh, Thursday the uh, 4th um, at 9.30 p.m. So they're they're doing late ones. Um, I'm going to maybe try to, to be on the THPN live stream for maybe one of their uh, series games here coming up soon, hopefully. They are late, though, and that's the only thing that kind of holds me back. But um, – they won last night. That was amazing too. And OT, dude, this this uh, to me, this playoff series, even though jackets aren't in it, to me, not serious. This whole NHL playoffs altogether has been really intense. There's been so many overtimes, so many close games, so much. Um, I mean, you know, a little controversy here and there. You gotta love it. Um, so you know, it's really it's really the embodiment of. Win, just get in, get into the playoffs. It doesn't matter if you're eight seed, first seed, whatever, just get in and anything can happen. And, you know, the Florida Panthers beating the Bruins (laughs) is a perfect example of that, of just win and get in. And interesting enough, Sergey Bobrovsky, he can say this. He's been part of two teams that were an eight seed that knocked out a one seed in the playoffs. 2019, he was with the Blue Jackets that knocked out the Lightning, who were the number one seed. And then most recently, 2023, this just a, just a couple days ago, where he's with the Florida Panthers that are the eight seed playing the Boston Bruins that are the one seed, and the Panthers knock out the one seed. So apparently, if you're an eight seed team that's playing a one seed in the playoffs, all you need is Sergey Bobrovsky, you know, and he'll he'll help you do that. Well, and I do, ha- and I have some Bruins f- friends of mine, you know, Wyan and uh, Bystander, and whole you know, whole bunch of other people. And the one thing I said to him all season long is. It's great that you're having a good season. You're doing all these good records, wins and points and all that stuff. That's great. But I sincerely hope that you don't do what the Lightning did, which is similar thing, which is you have a good season, all these wins and points and so much more, and then you get knocked out in the playoffs because you used up all your magic. Yeah. I mean, look at Florida last year. All that Boston did this year was continue the idea that there's a President's Trophy curse. Because they were amazing. They were, like, by far one of the most favorites of the entire playoffs. And boom, gone. So, you know, and, I was rooting for my dude Foligno, but I don't and, like... I don't and, like I, and I like my Bruins friends, you know, uh, just a bystander and wine. You're good people. and he, But <laughs> even then, they're like, oh, he, you know, wine was like, oh, I don't think it's going to happen. And, and, you know, bystander, he understood, but like, I don't think it's going to happen, but I understand what getting that too lying to a certain degree said as well but that's what that was my one concern about the Bruins is you have this good season you do all these wins and records and points and all this stuff and then unfortunately then you don't want to use all your magic or you do what the lightning did which is you lose in the first round and getting knocked out by in that case the blue jackets because you know you all your magic but unfortunately that's how it happened from we're talking about you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs from a Blue Jackets standpoint. Uh, 
we want one of the two things to happen. Either the Panthers and the Kraken make the conference finals. That means that the Blue Jackets pick from the Kings goes from 23 to 21. Or one of the Bruins, one of the Panthers or Kraken make the conference finals, which bumps that pick up from 23 to 22. So go Panthers and Kraken. Please go far in the playoffs so the Blue Jackets mm-hmm. get a better draft pick from the Kings. Hell yeah. And, and those are two teams I don't necessarily – like. I'm not a big fan of the Kachuk brothers, you know, but like those are two teams that I don't really mind rooting for. It's not like where the Leafs were like against the Lightning and I was just praying that both teams lost. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's whatever to me. Um, you know, shout out to you, Toronto. You finally got it done. After all, after all these years of not being able to win a round in the playoffs – in which the Blue Jackets contributed to that by knocking them out in 2020. After all these years of finally not being able to do it, you finally did it. So good for you, Toronto. Good for them. Good for them. Uh, Blue Junkie says, what's up, y'all? Hey, how's it going, Blue Junkies? Thanks for joining us tonight. Hello we there, Blue Junkie. The comments. Anyone else out there wishing to comment? If you comment on YouTube or Facebook, we will see it. If you comment on Twitter, we're not going to see it till afterwards, but we might reply to you. You know, on Twitter, we'll see. But yeah. we always appreciate all the comments, questions, and everything. Um, a couple quick things I want to get through as well, too. Once, uh, just before we get to the meat of the program, as I like saying, um, real quick, something fun, really cool looking, uh, really cool. Uh, I saw on Twitter, uh, the CBJ partnered, uh, with uh, someone. I feel bad that I'm not remembering. Um, to open up a new street hockey rink in Whitehall, which is uh, you know a suburb there of uh, Columbus. of Columbus, and um, the the street hockey rink looks sick. It's Blue Jackets it themed. Like, dude, that's so cool because like you know it it's not winter here <laughs> anymore. You can't really get out and go uh, do do hockey outside. But um, you know, hockey hockey is an expensive game to get started in. Um, and the more accessible they can make that for, for the younger and younger people, the more the game is going to grow. Right. I mean, you know, that's, I think that's part of why, you know, football is such a huge uh, sport in the United States is there's a ton of players on every football team. Like they need a lot of players and there's football at almost every high school, you know, yeah, it's kind of expensive sport too, with all the pads and everything, but it's accessible. Right. You know, and how we see soccer popular around the world. I mean, you know, you ever see them, you know, making like homemade balls and just kicking around with their bare feet in some like, you know, poor countries like it's accessible. So if we can get hockey as close to as as cheap as possible to get started in, man, we're only going to see the game grow. So it's a credit to the Blue Jackets and the city of Whitehall for coming together to work on something cool that not only helps out the Blue Jackets or the city of Whitehall, but it helps the community, helps bring people together and expand the reach of the Blue Jackets and just get hockey out there. And, the cut, you know, a couple of years ago, the crew, they've been doing a similar thing where they build basically the street so, street soccer versions of little little soccer. Or yeah, yeah, like indoor soccer. Well, well, I would call it indoor soccer rink, but it's like, it's yeah, it's like hard floor, right? Right. Basically, it's like indoor soccer rink, but it's outside. outside yeah. <laughs> I know, kind of a word there, kind of a mess there, mumbo jumbo. But no, I totally get it. Yeah. But, but 
but that's what but that's what it is you know it's an out it's a in it's an inside style soccer thing but it's outside and it's a similar idea that the crew have done and the blue jackets have also done that as well so it's a credit to both blue jackets and the crew for getting that you know getting that out there and it's great you know, it's great it's to pretty see cool. pretty excited um you know hopefully uh bunch of kids can enjoy that this summer uh a couple other things i wanted to mention real quick um and i think we'll do our short little ad here um so some players some notable um prospects here some uh, blue jackets prospects that have, have made it big in their respective leagues uh nikolai makarov uh he wins the khl cup with uh i don't know how to pronounce it exactly but i, I believe it's cska is, yeah. is the team yeah. And they won the KHL Cup this year, 2023. So congrats to Nikolai uh, Makarov. Um, so Dimitri, pretty cool. Dimitri, um, Blue Jackets prospect Dmitry Baronkov is playing up for, again, the other team in that uh, final yeah. right there. Yeah. And, uh, so he didn't get it. That's too bad. But at least we got a Blue Jackets prospect that was able to get and it. The KHL is a huge league. Like yeah. It's like realistically only second – in the world probably to like the nhl I mean, there's no other league that's quite that uh as important like because like um that's that's where gabrikov is from that's where panarin is from and a whole bunch of yeah. other guys uh tarasov played there marchenko played there too right yep krill marchenko yeah. played there so, Yegor played there really cool league i know some people aren't the biggest fans the blue jackets also have a goalie prospect that that uh that plays there as well so yeah. basically it's like the russian version of the nhl so there's a lot mm -hmm. of good players that do come out of that and in terms of dmitry Voronkov, the big story about him is that he's most his season is over now and he's probably going to come over and sign his deal with the blue jackets and he excellent the big story he's one of the top prospects that the blue jackets have and he's basically seen as a bigger version of boone jenner so you can get that type of player, a dude that can score goals, penalty killing, face-offs, offense, defense, gritty goals, the whole, you know, the whole bit, with, you take that. And he's okay. really been an exciting prospect that I've been looking forward to in a long time. So pay attention to that. Dmitry Vronkov is probably going to sign a deal pretty quickly here and come over to play for the blue jackets yeah. next season. So, and we might talk about what, you know, as we're talking about making the cut here later, we, we will probably bring up some prospects here as well, more towards the end of it. Cause we're going to go over the team we had this year first and then see if we can fit anyone else in. Cause that's the whole point. Um, a couple other notable names real quick. Uh, Jordan Dumai, unfortunately out indefinitely with an upper body injury. The Halifax Mooseheads are on to the finals. Of the Q of the uh, QMJHL or the OHL, they're up, they're up two nothing right now, or two yep. or three nothing in the series. One of those two. Yep. Um. So, uh, unfortunate for him. Hopefully, we'll see more of him in the off season. Hear some news about him soon that he's doing well. Another notable player is Luca Del Bel Belez, um, for the Sarnia Sting. He got traded there from um, Mississauga. Mississauga Steelheads. Is that what it is? Steelheads. Um to the Sarnia Sting, and they are currently up 2-1 to one games in the Western Conference Finals of the um, OMJHL. Or it's cute. It's cute. The, the QMA, QMJHL? Okay. Anyways. So, um, 
good luck to good luck to him. Uh, I know he's been putting up some numbers here. Um, you know, maybe I'll, I think I shared some tweets out there with uh, you know, talking about him uh, and Jordan Demise. So good luck to him and his team, the Sarnia Sting. I guess Sarnia is in Ontario somewhere or something. Ottawa. Canada. I don't know, dude. I don't know Canada for for shits. Uh, for shit, <laughs> it's it's you know, a Canadian it's, city. It's a Canadian city. Yeah, know. it's up north there somewhere. So, um, all right. So before, just the last thing I want to do before we um get into the main part of our program here is I want to do a little ad read for you guys. Um, you know, we like doing these ad reads because it helps uh, the show out and, and helps our, our wonderful partner, the Hockey Podcast Network. So yes. I will see you guys on the other side of this little cool promo bid. Light the lamp during hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Um, a couple of the odds coming up here. Um, so it looks like tonight um, well, there's already a game underway. Uh, it started at 7.15, I believe. I don't have the odds for that. But later tonight, the Oilers are against the Golden Knights. Um, the puck line for that is negative 1.5. Uh, excuse me. I had a burp there. For the Edmonton Oilers and a plus 1.5 for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, and next to that, it says plus 200 for Oilers, plus and the minus 240 for the Golden Knights. And I think that means the Knights are the favorite. Uh, the puck line meaning that I think they're going to score like one and a half more goals. Um, so the money line on that is, well, maybe not. The money line is negative 120 on the Oilers and plus 100 for the Vegas Golden Knights. So maybe the Oilers are the favorite. I'm not entirely sure. I don't make a whole lot of bets. Um, so, you know, do, do your own research, check it out yourself. Um, and, uh, yeah, check out the odds on draftkingsportsbook.com slash league slash hockey slash NHL, <laughs> uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make $5, ho- uh, $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, gambling prop, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas. Uh, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Please show us for offer details. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Uh, check out the notes wherever that is. I have another short ad read for you by the wonderful Raycon. Um, let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, many just plain black coffees are even getting that much anymore. Uh, our bank account's always somehow depleting. We're officially entering a uh, dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. Uh, so a good duplicate or dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you should, definitely shouldn't sleep on is uh, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want when you want without breaking the bank. Um, 
you know, I, like they mentioned, it's uh, things are nothing's getting much cheaper anymore. So you know, uh, spending less on on some on some good quality earbuds would be, uh, you know, not a bad idea. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big tech name brands out there. I'm not going to mention any by name, but they're very pricey um, for the label for just because they have a certain logo on them. Um, Raycon knows in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. Then uh, they offer buy now, pay later options. Right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. Easy free return guarantee. They offer two years protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and, and a flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I wish we had some five-star reviews. If you're listening to the audio, please, you know, review us five stars. If you're, uh, you know, watching on Facebook or uh, YouTube, please give us a like and subscribe. Um, but uh, some things that I, I like uh, about Raycons that I find attractive are the noise isolation. Uh, you know, oftentimes if I'm in public, a uh, coffee shop or something like that, working on um, some art, uh, whatever I do, um, noise isolation could be, Excellent. Uh, same with awareness mode, though, too, which is kind of the opposite of that, which basically if you're out running, walking on the side of the road or something, um, you can have the awareness mode on so you can like, kind of hear what's going on be behind you and, and around you as well, too. Um, and uh, and I do a lot of calls for my for my work, uh, not for the art, but for my work. And they have very clear uh, call quality and, and a pretty good uh, microphone on them as well. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Uh, yes, like, you know, use our code THPN. It helps us out, which, uh, I'm sorry, helps our partner out, which in turn helps us out a lot. And we'd appreciate it if you, you know, uh, give them some of your uh, patronage. Uh, let me just mark something down real quick. All right. Excellent. Okay, so out of the way, real quick, I want to go over where we were at last week, and we'll get started on on this week. And uh, like I said, this might get a little spicy. Oh my God, Kevin Valentine, the comments says crazy. <laughs> You're a doppelganger. Someone has the same name as you. And uh, I like the show. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna run through this real quick. So how we are going through this list is if you go to hockey slash, I'm sorry, hockey dash reference.com uh, and you go to this blue jackets team and you go um, to where you can organize by points. We're going from the point leader all the way down to the most fewest points on the team. There's some outliers in there, of course. And then there's also going to be some people who have no points that have different impact. We'll see. So if just from the top down, I'm going to run through this real quick. Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Lyon, Boone Jenner, 100% on the team. They're going to be, they're going to be, you know, on the team game one starting next season, guaranteed. Roslevic is a possible potential trade. If he doesn't get traded, he'll be on the team. He's a great player, you know, but um, he does have some really, he showed some really good value. Um, you know, I think it really is going to depend on who our next head coach is. Um, you know, and that's something we, we could talk about maybe next week. Well, maybe we'll find out by next week because I, I mean, I don't want to get in the discussion now. I'm just trying to get through this real quick, but we'll talk about that possibly later in this episode too, or next week. Uh, Johnson, uh, making the team, Marchenko making the team, Eric Robinson. Um, if not, once again, 
we didn't talk about possibly traded, but if he's not traded, he's probably on the team again. Um, very solid player. Uh, Adam Boquist, excuse me, on the team. Uh, Bemstrom, we decided that probably not to start. Most likely not. But. Not game one of next season. Um, Corrali, game one of next season. Uh, and Olivier, I think we're going to need someone like Olivier around still. Uh, I think he's just barely showing us what he can do. Um, Skill-wise, even, you know, yeah, he's there for an important purpose other than just points and, and goals, but, um, yeah. And then we were uh, unsure about Foodie. You know, that's another one who, same with, like, Bemstrom, like, uh, they're going to be starting game one in next season. Probably not. I mean, especially with how many other people we have to get through yet. Yeah. Um, that's why we have to start making these hard decisions now. Um, you know, we talked about Justin Danforth. Yeah, he's going to be coming back. He's on the team as well, pretty much. And the last one we left off with, some people might get a little mad about this one. Because, I mean, I got an opinion, you know. Um, is the one and only one of my favorite players this year is Nick Blankenberg. So this is where we're going to start this week. Nick Blankenberg. Yeah. Some pros. Got so much heart. He's yeah. got talent. He's a legitimately a good defender. He had um, – 14 points this year, four goals, 10 assists, which is better than peak. Uh, it's about the same as Bayreuther. Uh, you know, much better than Good Branson. Well, he's got one more point than Brand- Good Branson, but like, so he's got okay points for defensemen when he's healthy. Now, see, the thing is, he has 14 goal, 14 points in 36 games. He could have had a lot more points, a lot more if he was just healthy. Even even in double those amount of games, I mean, that would have put him up at like, you know, if going by that rate, it would have put him in sixth place of points for this whole season. He would have been ahead by of Kirill Marchenko, even with just sixty. I'm sorry, seventy two games. Or wait, am I doing the math right? He was in thirty six games, so double that would be seventy two. So yeah, if he had double those games and maybe double the points, he'd be a star. A, yeah. a solidified star. But can he stay healthy? Mm-hmm. That's the I question think- right there. That's really the question right there because, as you've said, Hefty Duck, he has a lot of good stuff going on for him. There's promise. But the issue, and we, and I've said this on the show many times, which is you like you like a lot of stuff about him and how he plays yeah. bigger. He he plays bigger than what he really is. He's always given the effort, one hundred ten percent, whatnot. Always trying, but sometimes that's where it gets him into trouble because I just don't. Sometimes I don't think he realizes that. Hey, and it's no disrespect him, but it's the truth. It's like you're a smaller dude. You can't take the hits that some people can take. And with that in mind, you need to be a little more careful. Just dial it back just a bit. Just be a little bit more careful because some of this balls to the wall and just, you know, playing bigger than what you really are is cool to a certain degree. But it also gets you but also gets you in trouble because a lot of a lot of these types of people, they think that they can just no matter what, they can always play the same way, go into every situation 100 miles per hour. When yeah. you need to just step back and realize I can't always do that. And a perfect example 
look at guys that the Blue Jackets have had over the years that are smaller guys. Johnny Gaudreau, Cam Atkinson, Artemi. Do- Max Domi. Max Dome, Mac, Max Domi, Artemi Panarin. They're all smaller people, but you didn't really see them get hit a lot because there's a point in, if you're a smaller dude, there's a point in your career where you figure it out that you're a smaller dude and that you can't take the hits that everyone. Look at Gaudreau. He's so good at avoiding contact. He is. He's like a, he's like a slippery little otter out there. Just he is. And in, all these, around everybody. He is. And all these smaller dudes, they figure out you just can't take the hits. And if Blankenberg can learn just a little bit of that, he's going to be okay. Yeah. Cause then he's not well, going to hurt so much. And then the Blue Jackets can continue to use him. And that's and he when can he develop better. more. Right. Much better for his development and just so much more. So just, I like your effort, kid, but just whoever, yeah. maybe Brad Larson and Pascal Vincent and everyone told him to slow it down. But maybe the next head coach and assistant coach and whatnot, head coach can say, okay, just slow it down just a bit and you'll be okay. Yeah, because the well, spot is there for him to take, but he just got to yeah. settle down just a bit. Definitely, because like I mean, look, like I hope that he spent some time, you know, up in the up in the booth with the Varensky this year. I know Varensky learned said that he learned a lot from just watching the team. I could see because of this season and having to take it off, I could see Varensky, you know, possibly, you know, maybe doing some future coaching. You know, a season like this can be can be game changing. Could be t- totally change your mentality on on how you look at the ice and and everything. So. It's one thing about Blankenberg that is so admirable. Admirable, honestly, I I honestly think he does not think about himself at all on the ice. He is concerned about the team. He's concerned about the you know making the fans happy, and, and he's very selfless. Very admirable quality in real life. Yeah. On the ice, be a little bit selfish, my dude. Just think about yourself a little bit. You know what I mean? Like. In, 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 in airplanes, right? This is a weird analogy, right? But airplanes, when those little oxygen masks come down, they tell the parent to put them on their face first. Because if you put them on your kid's face first, uh, one, you could just pass out and not be able to help them at all. or, or And then, then two, yeah, you're passed out yourself. So you can get on your face and then you'll be able to get it on your child's face because that's the easiest way. And the dude just needs to put the oxygen mask on his face sometimes. You know, but on the team next year, I just I'd assume so from the, the, at the start. Um, you know, we're gonna have three healthy scratches at the beginning too. Um, yeah. we'll see if he's one of those healthy scratches too. Hopefully, he can just build a little bit more muscle this off season. Not that he's like not strong; he's just smaller. Um, so that's where I'm at on that. You know, I I, I definitely think we have some agreement on there. Um, and I'd so. say, I know you mentioned Benstrom and Foodie earlier. I think it's more likely that Foodies is more likely to be here compared to Benstrom because Foodie's younger and Benstrom, he's played here longer. He showed the potential, but it just, you've had longer to be here and it's been hit and miss compared to Foodie where he doesn't have as much time. In regards to Olivier, you're right. We still haven't seen a lot from him. There's so much more potential we can see from him because obviously he's there. He's more of a third-line, fourth-line guy, defensive role, pretty damn good at that. You know, when he was on that line with Corrali and Robinson, really good fourth line the Blue Jackets had there. But even toward little bits and pieces towards this past season, you saw 
his offensive game started to bloom and you see, saw it start yeah. to get a little bit better. So you put all those things together and it's very interesting and exciting to see that what can, what can we see more from a Matthew Olivier, that there's still some stuff there. So there's some potential. Yeah. And, and one thing I've heard said, I don't know how a hundred percent true it is. And I forget where I even heard it, but I've heard that it takes up to, you know, 80 games, a full season of playing with a team to properly gel with them as well. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, even seen like, you know, the way that Goudreau uh, gelled with, with some people this year too, just because you're an amazing player doesn't mean you're, you have the uh, chemistry is there automatically. It's not, you still have to figure it out. Um, and that kind of takes me to the next person too, who, who had 51 games this year. Um, is that is, and uh, he had 14 points, two goals, 12 assists. That is Gavin Bayreuther. He's 28 years old. Are we going to see much of him next season? Do you think? Um, I, I, if I had a if I had a scale that said 10, he's he's absolutely with the Blue Jackets, and zero, he's not with the Blue Jackets. I'm put, I'm put, you know, I personally would put it as, let's say 80 to 90% he's not there and like 10 to 20% he's there because Gavin, it, it's a credit to Gavin Bayreuther. He's a similar role that Scott Harrington played when he was with the Blue Jackets is yeah. that he is a good depth defenseman. That's what he is. If you need someone to play some games and help out on defense, that's what he did. And he's good at that. And sometimes he can give you some goals and some points. But most of the time, he's just a good depth defenseman. And majority of the time, Gavin Bayreuther, under normal circumstances, would be with the Monsters. And that's not a bad thing either because he's, like he said, he's 28. He's been in the NHL for a bit now. And you want those types of veteran guys to help out your prospects Help develop be, the new guys. Help, help develop them, whether that be with the Monsters or the Blue Jackets. But most likely under normal circumstances, Gavin Bayreuther, if he's back with the Blue Jackets, is probably going to be with the Monsters. And then if they need help on defense, they can they'll get called up. Right. I think we're going to have a lot of defensive help uh, next year. But you, you make some great points there, too. Like, And, and honestly, I don't think that he's – completely out of his league an nhl level he's just n- not quite now to be fair he had more points in, in 30 fewer games than than our next guy on the list who's going to be making it in my opinion that is andrew peak peakers showed up big this year he had two goal i'm sorry he had six goals seven assists with 13 points um you know in 80 games you know, he's not supposed to necessarily be an offensive defenseman, right? No. The, that role's really, you know, that's that's oh, where yes. we have Blankenberg and, and that's where we have oh, yes. Rowenski. Yeah. Oh, yes. um, okay. yeah. But, um, you know, I think well, I, if I don't, I don't see Pete going anywhere. No. He showed up big this year without, you know, without having Rowenski. He showed up big this year. Um, uh, in my opinion, you know, stats don't necessarily tell the entire story, but um, he's he's also only 24, right? You know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, we we, we have some possibly good, uh, quite a few good years left on on that guy as well. Um, and, yeah, and the thing about Peak is that you know the, these last two seasons, he's really shown what he's got, and he's really earned that spot because uh, you know 2021-2022 season. 
there were points during that season where they needed someone to play with Zach Wierenski because they didn't have a Seth Jones anymore. And Andrew Peak, to his credit, he stepped up and took that spot, played really well, and for a majority of that season, he didn't give up that spot. Next yeah. to Zach Wierenski, that was his spot, and he played pretty good, and it was good for his development. And this season, you know, he was a little up and down in part, you know, injuries and everything played a part of that, but he's still pretty good. And you mentioned the offense, generally speaking, not much of an offensive guy, but to see that improvement in offense, even if he's not much of an offensive guy, is still pretty good. And it's something to consider is that when he scored goals for the Blue Jackets, you look at them, they're actually pretty damn good shots when he, when he shoots yeah. it. And he has the most goal by a defender, most goals by a defender by by one goal. But like, so, so it's yeah. like he, when he does shoot that, you know, to me, it's similar. His offense, in a sense, is sneaky good, similar to what the Blue Jackets had with Vladislav Gavrikov, where he's sneaky good offense. And sometimes when he shoots it, it's actually pretty a pretty damn pretty damn good shot. And they're you hard know? shots too. They're, they're hard. I'll hard. I'll remember, you know, when I at the game, the Blue Jackets game against Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago, and he scored a goal is right off the faceoff. Boom, hard, a nice, beautiful, hard shot. The goalie had no chance. He just kind of went by him and he looked at like, oh, what happened? That went in? All right. right. You know, so that's the thing about Peak. He's mostly defensive. So then when you have this, that how he's a this good offensive development that he showed this past season, that's pretty good considering he's mostly a defensive guy. And one thing to think about too is is from this season to next. I, I forgot to talk about this with Blankenberg and, and with uh, Bayreuther as well. But from his his salary is going up next year. He made seven hundred eighty seven thousand five hundred dollars this year. Next year it goes up to two point seven five million for the next three years after that. So he is a con a minimum contracted for the next three years, and then it comes a UFA. So automatically his value is obviously going up you know it's a player that we we had originally drafted um not got from somewhere else so that's great to see especially with who else is coming up in our system so just something to think about i don't think that that's going to so oh did you oh i wish i would have mentioned this earlier um you know gavin bayrou there's a ufa yeah he's probably when that that's, but I still, yeah. So he probably, if he does come back, it's probably on a cheaper deal, but it still plays into what I think that if he's back with the Blue Jackets, it's probably mostly with the Monsters. And if they need yeah. help, then you, you pull them up. Probably going to be a one way deal because uh, this, I mean, he paid 750000 last year, uh, which still a great salary, man. I wish I could make that just by not playing in the top D. Um, so, on the list next is someone who I don't think of as being controversial at all. Unfortunately, they had 30 games this year, four goals, nine assists for 13 points, and that was Yeor Chinikov. Mm-hmm. He just unfortunately had that uh, ankle injury that bothered him, bothered him, and he got sent to the Monsters for rehab and then stayed there for the remainder of the season um, to help them out. And uh, I don't know what his numbers look like from that, but, he, you know, in 30 games, he had four goals, nine assists. Uh, you know, if we go ahead and, and double that to at least 60 games, um, eight goals, 18 assists, that would be a very solid line, uh, at least solid for, for how old he is. He's also only 21 years old. Mm. Um, I personally think and I personally believe, opinion-wise, that, I'm gonna, that we're going to see him next year, um, game one season. 
of the of the beginning of the season. Um, unless something happens in the off season, and 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 you know, as we've been talking about, there's there's competition everywhere. I think it would take something major. He's got it in him. He, the the, the, the oh, kid's a winner. The kid looks like a champion. And and also, I can't wait to see maybe him and, and Marchenko um, playing together as well. And, then, and I don't know if they know each other because they're both Russian or whatever, but um, and very thing, interesting. And, you know, Chinikov, he's really, you know, he's really shown what he – there's little bits and pieces of what he can do, and he's shown that he can do it. You know, a couple moments that really stand out to me is when he played in the Traverse City tournament in – two games they played like four games there but like in like the first two games when he played at Trafford City tournament he had six goals and it's not just that he had like six goals the six like a majority of the six goals that he had were just like rockets just just slap you know one timer slap shots where the goalie had no chance on those goals and it was interesting to see and then of course that season 2021, he had some good moments there, looked pretty good. And this season, this past season, he was really starting to pick up on it. And you can see he was starting to click in his head. He's starting to play better, especially on that second line. Once Brad Larson gave him that those second line minutes and he earned it, he was playing really good on that second line. And he's starting to climb up and get better and better. Unfortunately, he gets hurt, and that just kind of screwed it right there, and he didn't really see time with the Blue Jackets. Yeah, he, The games he did play with the Monsters, he scored some goals, and he looked pretty good, but the ankle got, got in the way. So it's like it's there. We can see it. He's got some good stuff there and probably would have continued to be good had he not be hurt on that second line, not yeah. be hurt, and would have continued on that second line most likely, but unfortunately got hurt. But it's like we see it. It's there. And now the thing is, can he keep that going? Can yep. he keep that going? And in the preseason, he really earned a spot on the team because he scored like seven goals in like eight preseason games. Yeah, yeah, showed up huge there, man. Absolutely like huge. He's shown he can do it, so you just got to keep it going. And another player that we have that's very good, and he's also on um, – so his salary is going to be – so it looks weird. He had an extension, a contract extension for next year, next season. Um, it looks like he's going from nine hundred twenty-five thousand down to eight hundred thousand, and then he's going to be a restricted free agent in 2024-2025. Um, so you know, we we have him for next year, one hundred percent on. He's got a contract signed. Um, you know, uh, I'd like to see him next year. I'm hopeful for him. I'm hopeful that he he, he his ankle is fully one hundred percent healed and he's able to come back like he just how he was before. Um, but I hope we see him. So next person on the list is someone who I'd hope we see because we paid them an ass load of money. <laughs> uh, is Eric Goodbranson. He had a uh, one goal, 12 assists for 13 points tied with Andrew peak for 13 points. Um, he played in 70 games. Uh, he's 31 years old. I think I mentioned that already. Um, he was not the player with the worst plus minus, uh, that belongs to the wonderful Andrew peak. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Andrew Peake had a negative 41, Eric Brentz in minus 24. Not that that always is the best indicator because the entire team had negative because we lost, but there was a losing season, so everyone has minuses. But, um, you know, we maybe a lot of people, some people I saw on Twitter were complaining about his performance this year, and 
while I would say that that's not necessarily the entire reason we brought him here, um, I saw it get better by the end. He yeah. started to gel with the team. You yeah. know, like, yeah, he's there for protection, very much so, especially with these young, you know, smaller guys coming in, especially with, like, you know, Johnny Gaudreau being a little bit smaller too. Having a guy good Branson out there to, to you know, discourage people from, you know, taking out their stars is very – it's nice to see for once and because the Blue Jackets have not always had that. Now, you go back farther, yes, they, they had that guy. They had those guys, but – here really recently, since basically, what Foligno left, I mean, it was that was like our last guy who was like legitimately. Well, now Domi doesn't count because he's a little bit too small to be that that terrifying, right? Um, no offense, Max Domi, but um, so yeah, it's good to see him here. Uh, I with his with his um, contract being as as large as it is, I, we're gonna see him. Or they're going to get their money's worth out of them, I think, uh, one way or another. Because um, that there is a reason why he's here. One, they you know they need help on defense. He can do that. On top of that, you look at defensively outside of like the going into this season, outside of like Vladislav Gavrikov and like Zakarensky, maybe Andrew Peak. They didn't have a lot of size on the blue line. Yeah. And you need, you need that. You can't always be having smaller dudes that are more offensive. You just cannot have that because you're going to get pushed around. And Eric DeBranson has size. He's 6'5", 220. That's perfect for that. So he brings help on defense. He brings that, that big size that's that's needed. And that little – that you know, that little you know size and it's needed, and that the toughness to, you know, the, so people don't fuck with the Blue Jackets because like you know it's a lot more. Ooh, if I fuck with the Blue Jackets, you know, Eric Branson, the dude who's six five two twenty, is going to come over, and do I really want to do that? And, and a lot of people, when he got in their face this year, didn't seem to want to do that. No, no one wanted to do that because it's a smart move to not screw with a dude that's six five two twenty. Yeah. And, the, and I get the contract, people don't like it, but when you understand that last, he was one of the big top defensive targets on free agency, there really wasn't a lot of guys that were 6'5", 220, that can play defense and are tough. Yeah. And so the other, t- uh, other teams really wanted that as well. The Blue Jackets were fighting with other teams to get that too, and so – for the Blue Jackets to get Gabranson to come to Columbus, they had to give him the extra year. So possibly, maybe he might have helped Johnny Gaudreau. That's a proven fact right there. Because if you watch one of the Behind the Battle episodes, they show it in the episode where they learn that Johnny Gaudreau wants to play for the Blue Jackets because Eric Gabranson told them about it. So the Blue Jackets have Johnny Gaudreau because of Eric Branson. In part, absolutely. In part. Um, so Blue Junkies here says, uh, they commented here on our YouTube, uh, to be fair with Goody, he played more minutes than we probably expected, so that eased my mind on what we're paying him. I would agree, too. He ended up, you know, with with the, the other defensemen that we had out this year, I don't think that the pressure would have been on him near as much from the get-go were we to have Rowenski, you know, where we'd have, you know, uh, our real defense out there too. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with that. He played a lot more minutes than we expected. Um, and he played 70 games. I mean, he, for like, he, 
He has the third or fourth most games played for the team this year, which was ex- amazing because there's so many injuries. And you know that he's one of two of the tallest people on our team, right? You know who the other tallest one is? And uh, you don't think about it because he's usually so fast in the ice. It's Patrick Laine. Patrick Laine. Mm-hmm. You know, so really cool. Really cool that we have some people that big that are able to. So next in line. So, yeah, we're, I think we're going to see Cabranton next year. We have him for three more years at $4 million a year. Then he's a, a UFA after that. Next on the list here, we have Marcus Bjork. Um, he's 25 years old. Um, played in 33 games this year. He had three goals, eight assists for 11 points. Um, you know, in 33 games, I don't think that's bad. Are we going to 100% see him on game one of the start of next season? I, no, probably not. I love him to death, but. I'm pulling them, I'm pulling them 50-50. That's where I'm at with them, 50-50. Because well, he, he has shown it was that he can be a good defenseman for the Blue Jackets. He stepped up when the Blue Jackets need a, a power play quarterback. He stepped up and played that role pretty good. And you know, he showed he's more, you know, kind of he's got a little bit of both. He can do a little offense, a little bit of defense. More likely than not, he's probably with the monsters, but I think he's a good enough spot to where you can make a case that maybe he makes it with the Blue Jackets if he continues what he played from this past season, plus a good training camp and preseason. So 50-50 for me. Yeah, I'm trying to look up. Okay, so he um, he's actually an RFA after this season. Well, he's uh, next season he's an RFA. I do see him probably getting re-signed and at least being at a minimum on the Monsters. Uh, like I said, he's 25 years old. He's maybe had a few cracks at, at coming up. Um, I think he did play well this year. I just the thing why I'm I'm saying like possibly not is because of how many. There's only a few. There's only so many positions, and we have so many people that like are of equal or better skill who, you know, might be in those positions. And and once we're done going through all this, damn, we might actually end up having to go into. A, you know what? We can make this a three part series. We'll go over a, a, like one or two more people, but um, there is, there's, I mean, we got to go through even some of the the monsters players yet too, um, who we'll get to shortly. Um, so actually, you know what? This next one might be a good one to 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 stop on after we we talk about it. Um, and that is the young and wonderful Cole Sillinger, mm-hmm. nineteen years old, played in sixty four games this year. Three goals, eight assists. That is um, rough with the amount of games he played. Sophomore slump, we could call it. Sure. Um, he's also in a, a, just there's there's a lot more pressure on him. I think from last year. Last year it was like rookie season. So what? Yeah, you know, dude, you could you could do okay. You could not. It's whatever. It's your rookie. This year he he's like I got it better than last year, and then he comes out and isn't. And I think that maybe got to his mental state a bit. I think him playing down on the monsters was a was a great idea for yep. more than one reason. One, he gets to go play with his older brother Owen. Yep. And so one, having that family, having that connection so so close could maybe like help your mental men, mental uh, state then or, or your your mentality around hockey. Um, you know, uh, I I don't want to speculate too much, but I believe he was also in some. Some maybe like some relationship drama this last year. Uh, recently, I've seen him and him and uh, 
uh, Tate McRae are back together, so so to speak. Uh, so you know, gossip a little bit. Um, you know, and, and and honestly, I mean, that can affect your mental state. It can affect possibly the way you sleep. Uh, like we talked about with the newborn babies from some of these guys too this last year. Um, you know, it can affect some some other things around you other than other than you know just your personal life. So um, hopefully, those things are ironed out next year. Are we going to see him game one? Of the start of the season next year, mm. honestly, he could feasibly be a healthy scratch. You know, if see the thing is, I think that this also plays a role into this. Is that you know, if let's just say you get the top three pick, you get one of Bedard, Fantilli, or Carlson. These are guys that are seen as probably going to be with the team either next year or the following year. And if that scenario happens, I don't know, where does that put Sillinger? Do you put, do you put him down in the, with the monsters or do you keep him up and let him battle out for a competition? And I I would say about this is I've seen this from some of our Bengals friends, whether it be rally around the natty or Bengals and brews. I, they've talked about a similar thing with Joe Burrow which is he had a pretty good rookie season. Then he got hurt, and then unfortunately he got – that was his season. Yeah. But then the tape was out there. So every team knew, okay, this is how Joe Burrow plays. This is – so every team knows how to play against him. And to Joe Burrow's credit, now the onus is on you because, like, okay, the tape's on you. People know how to play against you. How do you combat that? And to Joe Burrow's credit – he he did that pretty good. He whatever they tried to throw at him, he did pretty good. And he helped took the Bengals to the Super Bowl this past season. It's a similar story to where they figured out okay, if we play a cover two style defense against him, he doesn't do as well. And then towards the you know, and in that last season, Joe Burrow started to pick up on that, and teams couldn't st- just start doing cover two on him. They had to change it up on him. So that's what it makes me think of Cole Sillinger is that if you can follow that similar path that Joe Burrow did, which is okay, it was your first rookie season, you did pretty good, but now the book's out on you and teams know how to play you. So can you, in this season, maybe you didn't do the greatest, you did play good with the Monsters, but now can you next season, can you come back and find a way to combat that, get around what teams are throwing at you, and make them do something else against you, just like what Joe Burrow has shown with the Bengals. And I yeah. do think that Cole Sillinger can do that. Yeah, he he's you know he comes from such a, a heavy hockey background, you know, with his dad uh, having played, um, he, him actually being born here in Columbus when his dad played here, um, you know, and and his brother been playing uh, professionally for a long time now. So like I I mean he's literally like 19, 20 years old. Like he has the ability and the makings of a of a professional athlete. He's gotten this far, like with Mirzlikins. I believe that through this off season, through his through his uh, training, um, I, I mean, I'm, I I can imagine that he's going to do what he can to be able to perform at the highest possible he can. I hope so. I like Cole Sillinger uh, as a player, as a person. I think he's pretty uh, pretty nice kid i've met him personally right but um you know but like realistically i i want to see him on the team i want to see him succeed um you know i 
think what happened this year was was almost good for him maybe you know there's a lot on his shoulders and and for him to maybe fumble the bag a little bit and then be able to you know watch his own tapes and, and go back and look to see what he can change and do next year like you said with Burrow and everything that I did I think I think he could be a force to be reckoned with here next year and if he learns how to do it once he'll be able to do it again too so I'll, I'll add one last person here on the list because this one's really easy and we're not going to talk about it much because we're like out of time here. But um, so next on the list under Cole Sillinger was Vladislav Gavrikov and oh, uh, we're not going to see him next yeah. year. He's yeah. getting signed. If not by the the Kings, which they'd be yeah. dumb to not sign him um, by someone. And I don't think he's, he's going to be able to come back to Columbus. No, but you know, listen, I'll, you know, listen, I'll just say this and then we can get out of here. Which is, you know, Vladislav Gavrikov, he's been, he was a good player for the Blue Jackets. He's shown he was a good defenseman for mostly defensive defensemen, but he was sneaky good on offense. There are times he'd be sneaky good and he'd show he got some offensive touch, a little pop right there. Pretty cool to see. Um, Good defenseman for the Blue Jackets and another late, another late round pick that turned out to be good for the Blue Jackets. And, that's the thing about the Bjork, Bjorkstrand thing is they got a third round and fourth round draft pick from that. And if you, Yarmo has shown that he's good at drafting. So you just gave him two extra draft picks to play with here. And when you look at some of the players that the Blue Jackets have had over the years, a lot of their good players have been later round picks. So it's just something to consider here. So Vladislav Gavrikov, you're a good defenseman for the Blue Jackets. Thank you for everything. And thank you for helping the Blue Jackets getting a first round draft pick cheers for that hey so i'm gonna real real quick go back to the beginning of the episode real quick i was doing this brew review and this yeah. was very tasty at the very beginning of it honestly this is like the last part of this sucks yeah it's you not know, that good at the very end of it that just, really- just to let people know if you were looking for a, a good fruit cider go get some ace aces um Me. they have better that reminds me of a honey that I got. There's like a good farmer's market by my house and they sell oh, yeah? the honey pretty good. But it's a similar thing. It's like that first little bit of honey, it doesn't taste as it doesn't taste as good. And then once you get through that towards the rest of the honey in the bottle, <laughs> like perfect. It's I could get that. I could understand that. But well, excellent, man. It's been some uh, really good discussion on, on on who we're gonna see next year. We still have um we still have about 45 names to get through some of them really obvious some of them not um so we have about 45 names to get through we've gotten through 21 of them or 22 almost um and uh so we're gonna try to next week i mean hope well shit there's gonna be so much news from the draft and everything like that so we will continue this series though next week so so stay tuned um i think we have a, a you know a lot of good conversation around this um Anyone out there listening, audio, uh, watching YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, you know, leave some comments on, on who you think we're going to see next year. Maybe you think we're totally wrong about something, uh, which we're not, but if you think so. Uh, <laughs> no, please. Uh, you know, we'd love to hear some feedback from people on what you really think, uh, on, on who you really thought sucked, on who is your favorite player uh, and whatnot. So leave a comment. Go ahead and like and, and subscribe anywhere you're at. We appreciate that as well very much so but uh go ahead and sign her off on your end unless you if you have anything more to say please uh you know shoot off okay well i saw on elvis merzlikens instagram page today that he's getting a tattoo nice of what 
I, I don't know. It oh. was, it was just like the beginning of it. Like you could see, it was just like the outline and like the dude was starting to like, you know, fill it in. Oh, it's just shady. Yeah, hell yeah. So like you couldn't necessarily see what it was, but he was getting the tattoo. Cool. Well, uh, I, you know, <laughs> glad I'm glad that some of my ticket sales are going to pay for, because like one, you know, obviously, I don't know, some people see my ink. I'm a former professional tattoo artist for, for many years. And I always appreciate that. I still love tattoos and love getting them. I'm unable to continue that career now, but um, excellent. I love to see it. You know, these they, they are young. There's no one on the team. Wait, let me see real quick. There's no one on the team older than me. The oldest one. Wait. No, yeah, yeah. Well, Nyquist was by one year older than me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was it. And then he got traded away. And unfortunately, they're out of the playoffs now, too. Um but uh, Michael Hutchinson and I are the same age. Okay, so like I love seeing these these young guys get into it and you know having fun around the area. I'm I'm I'm, I'm thinking it's, he probably got it locally. Uh, I know some few, a few good tattooers down in Columbus that are, are very very quality, very awesome. So yeah, love to uh, see yeah. it. So yeah, Elvis Mersley. <laughs> I saw it on his Instagram page. He got it. He is uh, he got a tattoo. So getting that ink ink slanged. Hell yeah, yeah. getting a tattoo. Nope. Um. Anyway, so like Happy Duck has said, go check out Brew Jackets. Just do the thing. Just just go check it out. You know the Facebook, the Twitter, the Twitch, the YouTube, and like, share, subscribe. You know Apple Podcast, Spotify, rate. You know maybe like some good reviews, five stars. Maybe I don't know your choice. <laughs> um. Check out Happy Duck, who is the greatest duck of all time. He's got great oh, art. Baby. He's done some cool stuff. For a whole bunch of people, including the Blue Jackets, so you know, go check out his really? art. His art, it's pretty fucking cool, pretty sweet. I like it. Good stuff. Check out his art. Okay. Um, I was under the impression that it was basically gone because when I was there, our bar was the only place where you could get Union Soldier, and then I just assumed that it was basically gone. But no, there's still some left over. My good friend Jason Newland oh posted on his Twitter page that there's still some left over at our bar. So get it while you can. Union Soldier, the Blue Jackets-themed beer for Union Blue Soldiers by Endeavor Brewing. It's a fun Blue Jackets-themed beer. Get it while you can. It's four bucks a can at our bar. It's sold out everywhere else. And once Hell it goes, yeah. it goes. It's not it's coming gone. back. It's It's gone. It's not coming back until October 2023. So get Union Soldier. At our bar, before it goes away, try Union Soldier, a fun Blue Jackets-themed beer by, for Union Blues Soldiers by Endeavor Brewing. Check it out. Hell yeah. Also, of course, as you probably see in you know the background, I got my two scars for Union Blue Soldiers. It's a fun Blue Jackets-themed group that I have. Go check it out on all social media platforms. And, you know, we do marches and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. So check out Union Blue Soldiers. Follow us. Follow Union Blue Soldiers on all social media platforms. Hell yeah, brother. Hey, go check them out. They do some fun stuff. We all we always share a lot of the similar content because, you know, we're both very much into the Blue Jackets a lot, obviously. Yeah. Um, check them out. They do some cool shit. Um, and uh, that was the one and only wonderful Kevin Valentin. Uh, Valentin. And yeah. uh, 
yeah, this has been uh, my name's Lance. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hefty Duck. Uh, I do, you know, some logos, some artwork, and everything like that. I've done logos for some other Blue Jackets podcasts. Uh, I don't mind helping out the the competition, so to speak. I don't believe we're in competition. We all yeah. doing the same thing. We all love the same thing. So uh, I love being able to support them, um, and uh, you know, as they supported me with money for doing it too uh but uh yeah i love doing all sorts of different art uh you can check out some of my work on my twitter um i'll try, i'm so bad at posting stuff i'll try to get some more out there soon uh but other than that um don't forget to join us next week for uh the third part in our series of who's making the cut uh of the blue jackets team next year game one of next season um you know don't forget to like comment subscribe whatever do the things everywhere you're at we appreciate it and uh, we will see you next week. Adios, amigos.